0: Good afternoon friends, welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, that is Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but you already know that, right? Oh my geez, you listen to this show all the time, and you know we're going to spend uh, the next couple hours engaging in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state and national news and politics. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about the natural world, how not to hurt yourself while hunting. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, religion, faith. We're not leaving any big topic left behind. There's nothing. We're going to go after it all today. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio, making sure that things stay on track as best he can. Thanks for spending some time with us through your radio at Information 1000 KSOO, streamed live at KSOO.com, where I know a lot of you people catch this program, or on the KSOO mobile app where you can get updates and uh, news and weather and, uh, of course, stream this program with just one touch of the screen. And we are on the Twitter, at P. Lally Show. And, of course, you can uh, follow along there, offer comment, observation, get some links and such. I got to tell you, Dan, I got to tell you, I may have been worth it to go through all of this uh, kerfuffle with the uh, weather and such. With the snow and the, the 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 gnashing of teeth, you know, over that and the cold and the and the clouds and, and the rain and all that. Do tell. Because it's it's flipping beautiful out right now, and it is looking good for the weekend. And I only I say that not because just generally, you know, we like good weather and we talk about the weather all the time because that's what we do. But this weekend, of course, is Elmwood Forest Cross, and not only is race day on Sunday, about noon, things get fired up. Got uh, My Place Mobile Cafe, got, uh, you know, all kinds of fun and uh, interesting things to be happening during the course of the races. But I got to be out there, you know, uh, Friday morning uh, to mark the course, Uh, Saturday probably to do some uh, maintenance you know, get things ready, and then Sunday, crack it on, crack it on Sunday. Got to be out there to set up the course, so I'm going to be outside a lot, and uh, this will make things that much more uh, enjoyable, frankly, and um, finishable.
1: <laughs> you may even have to crack open the sunscreen a little bit if, you're, if you your if your sunshine shines a little bit too much on your on my, your palate there. My,
0: my uh that's a good point, Dan. Uh, because I have actually gotten sunburned at some races this fall because it's fall. You're like, ah, you know, I don't need to wear it. One, I can't, I can't remember which race it was, but my, the, like I was wearing sandals and my feet got sunburned in the little holes in the sandals. That seems like a bad idea, doesn't it?
1: Well, that means you haven't really conditioned yourself with the sandals and the holes throughout much of the summer then, I guess.
0: Well, I, you know, I don't know how that happened it's very strange and uh, a little bit on the face and such
1: well you you are of that um yeah. i guess that fair of skin
0: lineage i am of northern european lineage i've got all the uh, pale skins in me i got uh got the irish of course um dutch little swede
1: got some norway
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't well you know when you when you got a little swede you probably got a little Norway. <laughs>
1: Yeah, more than one <laughs> one hun one one thousand twenty-fourth
0: yeah, yeah. of Norway. Well, yeah. Uh so uh, but I don't I don't claim any Norwegian, that's the thing. Um so yeah, so I got I, I come from my people come from lands of clouds and rain. And uh so I am I am easily uh singed by the modern sun, which isn't a good thing. So but the race is Sunday. It's going to be beautiful. People just come on out. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people. Uh, we decided today, uh, we finalized, I think I mentioned this yesterday or the day before, we finalized today uh, cyclocross bingo. So there will be prizes of some sort.
1: So was that put together by North End Productions too?
0: <laughs> no. Well, that was uh, an ins- a, a sort of a a, a a splinter group of North End Productions called J.P.,
1: very good. Yes. JP
0: Productions put that together. And uh, so that card, it, that's done. That will be available uh, at the race. So, you, you know, come on up. I don't know. Maybe we'll take contributions for that. You know, like, you know, bingo, you usually got to pay.
1: Yeah. So it'd be like kind of like a 50 50 deal. You yeah.
0: 50 50 <laughs> bingo uh, or a water bottle. Those are the two choices. And uh, well, but, you know, these are contributions. We'll give the money to, to Falls Area Single Track for the uh, Tuthill Project because the, the Tuthill. Single track uh, telethon continues.
1: Yes, and we've had our our telethonist Michael Jerry Lewis Christensen, come in <laughs> and, and give all his his pleas for donations to the single track there at Tuthill
0: Hey, lady! No, he doesn't do that. That's the old David Letterman. Hey, lady! Making fun of Jerry Lewis. But uh, so yeah, we'll. I don't know. Maybe we'll do that. But the but the card is set. That is going to happen. So that they're printed. They're ready to go. Um, uh, food truck, yes. Music, yes. Uh, frivolity, hecklers. Oh, run what you brung uh, expo. At the end of the day, it's not really technically not a race. It's a it's a expo exposition of of bicycling on the track, um, and uh, like five bucks get you into that. And and uh, but costumes are now encouraged. This the run what you brung expo may end up being the highlight of the day, at the end. Like 4 o'clock, that's going to happen. It's good because they tend to tear down all the tape and the stake. They just run over everything. So that it's all taken down for you.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like a you know a planned race mm-hmm. slash cleanup crew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, multitasking. That's yeah. what we like to have.
0: They'll come back with tape on their bikes. So that saves a lot of walking around. Um, well, Oh, I was out there today, stopped by Elmwood Park over there at Russell and Kiwanis, and uh, I had to get some cat food over at Northview Bait. Matt Stobbs' joint there, and so I stopped, got some cat food, swung over to the park, and and checked out the drainage through there. Dry, so we'll be able to use the Yuli Solis uh, Memorial Run-up. He's not dead, but that's just what I call it. He moved, so, but it's the it's the stairs built by by Yuli many years ago. So we'll be able to incorporate that in, which is always good, and makes for a good viewing point for the race. So come on out. Um, that's Sunday, this Sunday, starting at noon. Should be a blast. Uh, if you want to participate, give me a ring. Uh, we, if you want to help out, volunteer, whatever, Patrick at KSO.com. Um, anyway, we've got a great show for you today. In the meantime, Dave Ar- Aronson. I screwed that up already, Dan. Aronson. Aronson.
1: You know, I'm, I am I'm I'll, I could go either way on I that, think it's truthfully. Aronson.
0: Dave Aronson and uh, Amber Fick, they'll be here uh, talking about the Uh, Three major religions of the world is reflected in the Big Sonia documentary that we've been talking about here on the show for the last couple of weeks, and uh, the Siouxland Library has been hosting this discussion series surrounding that, and today it's about religion, or Sunday it's about religion. We're talking about it today. Uh, Actually, I think the discussion series, are they Saturdays? We'll find out when they get here. I think it's Saturdays. We'll find out. Uh, David and Amber will be here in the second hour. Thea Miller-Ryan, the outdoor campus. It's Wednesday, so she'll be in. And she has with her Patrick Klotzbach, who is a statewide hunt safe coordinator for the game fishing parks. Of course, it's the big kickoff of the pheasant hunting season this weekend, which means uh, lots of uh, shot flying around, and you got to be careful about that. We're going to talk music and pop culture, maybe a little politics with Scott Hudson on Weird Friends, and I'll have a PL statement just after the next break. Today's topic Trump in the House of Saud. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. I'm the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO, and it is time for the p and statement where we uh, look through the news and find things that are catching our attention, cause us great consternation or uh, solace in ways that we cannot explain. And, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, uh, there's not, it's not much going on locally right now, statewide. There's a couple things, you know, that I'm paying attention to but it's been a little slow let's just admit it's been a little slow so i cast my gaze eastward to our friends in washington and okay there's this uh you know there's a controversy brewing um over the probable slaying of a gentleman who is uh, a saudi citizen but a United States represented or uh, resident, and he was, uh, you know, in Istanbul, in Turkey, at the uh, and he was uh, going to the Saudi consulate consulate there in Istanbul, and he never came out. He's gone, and uh, there's now a lot of, uh, uh not speculation, uh, the Istanbuli. Authorities, the Turkish authorities, say that they have uh, actual uh, audio, perhaps video, of uh, what they believe is the slaying of Mr. Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi. And uh, the, a, a pro-government newspaper published a gruesome account of the journalist slaying uh, today. Um, and the uh, investigation continues there, of course. We don't know. We aren't certain what happened, but there's uh, you know even the Saudi government has said there may have been a mistake. And the question, of course, is: Did the Saudi government basically order this guy hit? Right. Um. So today, the uh, there are forensic team, forensics teams. Entered the home of the Saudi consul general in Istanbul, and uh, it's it's a couple like a mile from w- the consulate where the, he vanished when he on October second when he uh, was trying to pick up paperwork to get married, and so they've done a couple of searches uh, there and they there's an account published in the Yani Safik newspaper alleged that Saudi officials cut off. Khashoggi's fingers and then decapitated him at the consulate at his, as his fiancée waited outside. That seems bad. So, it's still unclear uh, what that is, you know, what what is entailed in that evidence, but they seem fairly certain of it. Um, now, okay, here's the deal. So, this guy, he's a, a Saudi citizen, but he uh, was a columnist, contributor to the Washington Post, and he also, uh, his children were born in the United States. His children are, in fact, U.S. citizens, so that's, that's a connection there. But, you know, he was a working journalist for the Washington Post, and he's apparently been murdered for writing bad things about Saudi Arabia. And you'll remember that we are fairly good friends with Saudi Arabia, except when we're not, like when 19 Saudis, uh, you know, getting some airplanes and run them into buildings in the United States. Of course, that is a complicated relationship built on years of oil dependency, which we are weaning ourselves off of. But Trump, President Trump, was asked about it yesterday by the AP in an extensive interview. And uh, he said that, uh, this is from the AP, President Trump says the U.S. is asking Turkey for audio and video relating to missing Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi if it exists. The president on Wednesday called Saudi Arabia an important ally, noting it is an important customer for U.S. military exports. Although I've heard accounts of this, sort of wildly exaggerating the numbers, but that's that's here nor there. Turkish officials have said uh, Khashoggi was murdered in the Saudi's Istanbul consulate, which Saudi officials have denied. And, of course, uh, the president said he talked to uh, the uh, uh, king of Saudi Arabia and the crown prince who is at the center of all this. But this is interesting, okay? So one of the things that uh, the president said in this interview with um, the AP are are kind of stunning, okay? Um, this is from the AP's update. Uh, Last night, President Donald Trump has criticized rapidly mounting global condemnation of Saudi Arabia over the mystery of missing Saudi journalists, warning of a rush to judgment and echoing the Saudis' request for patience. Turkish officials have said that uh, Khashoggi was murdered. Uh, In an interview with the Associated Press on Tuesday, Trump compared the case of Khashoggi to the allegations of sexual assault leveled against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh during his confirmation hearing. Trump said, here we go again. With, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent. Well, okay, here's the thing. And I got the, you know, you can go read the transcript. You can go read his whole answer, but that's the gist of it in there. Um, It's not taken out of context or anything. Um, You know, and obviously this, uh, the crown prince, this, uh, this MSB character, right? He's apparently not a great dude. And Lindsey Graham... Republican senator for uh, from South Carolina uh, is incensed over this whole thing, and rightly so, saying uh, MSB must go. He is a bad dude doing bad things with Saudi Arabia. They're at war in Yemen. They've got, we've got this deal. He, he rounded up all the uh, billionaires and locked them up for a while. Um, something very bad is happening in Saudi Arabia. And this is what I don't understand. How come the president is not as outraged as, say, Lindsey Graham? You've got a guy who was a journalist working for an American newspaper who lived in the United States with family who are US citizens. And all you can say is, I believe the king. He said he doesn't know anything about it. When all the evidence suggests, and we don't know, it's still coming out, right? Could be all, guy could turn up tomorrow.
1: Anything gonna happen.
0: But what why are we always taking the word of tyrants? Why are we always taking the word of North Korea, Kim Jong un, Putin, uh, the, the house of Saud? Why? Everybody's questioning whether or not there are business connections. And and there are business connections because the president said there are business connections. And uh, Jared Kushner and Ivanka have business relationships. Is it the business? Is it all business? Then go be a businessman. You cannot be the president and be worried about your business interests. You can't do it. This is a perfect example of it. What is going on? And why are you so pitter patter around the souds? It doesn't make any sense, President Trump. Nobody's buying it. That's the bottom line of today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can send me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. Or Follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather with the one and only Mr. Dan Peters. You've got Scott Hudson in for Weird Friends. Uh, He might have something to say about this as well. We'll see. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 3.35 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And I have on the line with me today, because it's Wednesday and it's time for Weird Friends, Scott Hudson and uh scott um ha- here's the deal scott first of all how yeah. are you are you okay are you hey, all, right? I'm
2: doing all right i'm doing all right you know i got a lot of personal problems but you know otherwise i'm doing all right <laughs>
0: that's right well not as bad as the way i just screwed up that technically i was going uh, to what
2: you were in repeat there for a second what was up with that
0: well uh only you and i and dan could hear that part and, uh, <laughs> but that's fine it'll be okay uh so uh, here's my question for you, and I've been I've been sort of thinking about this for a while, uh, well, today at least. Um, yeah. Uh, this the, the, so there's this huge intersection of of music, pop culture, and politics recently, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, the Kanye thing. Did you see this when he was at the White House?
2: Yeah, I mean the whole thing with Kanye, it's, it's just. I, I understand he got in a car accident like 10 years ago, and he's been kind of off ever since. Really? No, I didn't I know there was
0: a car accident.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I don't know the details of it, but it, it's, it's clear that there's a couple bolts missing out of that brain.
0: Like, because he was clearly, um, and I've heard conversation about this when this sort of blew up and it became a big political thing, because he was saying all kinds of wild stuff. And, yeah. and, and that's fine. I mean, you get to do all that, but it seemed to me that there were, and, and I've had people who know more about this and heard them, I don't, not, not people I know, but people who I have seen talking and writing about it. There's, you know, the guy needs help, right? Is that, that's what we're talking about here. This is somebody who's struggling a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, in, in some respects you can compare him to, uh, you know, Brian Wilson in the late sixties. You know, clearly Brian Wilson was mentally ill, mm-hmm. and he never, well, until years, decades later, he never got the help that maybe he needed. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that could be the case with Kanye. I, I, there's, there's, it, there's, there's weirdness going on, and it's not normal weirdness because we both like weirdness when it comes to pop culture. Oh yeah, this is this is beyond that. I, and but it's funny because there's so many untruths that surround his weirdness like you know when he was on Saturday night live a couple weeks ago or three weeks whenever it was you know all we heard the next day through certain forms of media was nbc cut him off when he started talking about trump no that's not what happened that's not what happened at all there's always that final moment in on snl where the where the cast is waving to the audience and say goodbye and sometimes when it's a, a famous musician is on, they let them do part of a of one last song. And that's what happened. Kanye was doing one last song. They were doing the couple minutes as everybody was waving goodbye. The show ended as it was scheduled. But the music, the, the music continues on for those in the audience. Mm-hmm. And so it was during that moment, it was after the cameras were off, that Kanye stopped the music and started going on and on about how he wasn't allowed to wear the mega hat or whatever it was, whatever his idiocy was about. Mm-hmm. But NBC or Saturday Night Live, those so-called liberals, weren't, you know, they, 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 they weren't editing him. They weren't cutting out things they didn't want to hear. It was just he was already off the air.
0: The show was over. Yes. <laughs> they turned off the switch, Kanye. Yes, yes. Well, and, oh. and this was that thing in the White House – and, you know what's in the Oval Office? There's all those people around. It was extremely uncomfortable. It seemed to me, I, the president did not seem particularly comfortable with the whole situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and he, and, and it was even on his side, and he was. Well, because it
0: was it was kind of pinballing around to some stuff about wearing the hat, and it made him feel like a man. And and I I don't. I mean, I'm watching this, and I'm just like, Good God, somebody pull the plug on this. Right? Yeah. Who's, yeah, 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 yeah. Whose yeah. idea I, was this? You
2: know? Well, this is not his first time there, though. He was brought. No, he's I been, understand. He's been brought there before. I, I felt bad for Jim Brown. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the greatest running back of all time. He has to sit there and endure this. It's like
0: the guy's old. The guy probably needs to be somewhere
2: else or <laughs> wants to be somewhere else. Anywhere else. I'd right. want to be anywhere else.
0: And it just became this stage for, for Kanye. And that. That, I you know that's not great politics when that kind of thing happens and you know but trump wanted him there because he's famous and yeah. and he's he's african-american and so it it, it from a from a, a a political standpoint you got a famous musician who's who's in touch with the african-american community in chicago and all these things and he he did kanye said some things that were you know not crazy, but it was all mixed in and bouncing around all yeah. over the place. And right, so you couldn't, right. you couldn't figure it out. So I understand why on the face of it, it seemed like a good idea. But, you know, you, 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 it was live TV, man.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's just insane. I mean, if people seem to forget. This is a guy that was 10 years ago. I mean, I think exactly 10 years ago that uh, he in the middle of a marathon, he broke script and said, George Bush doesn't care about black people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's, he's got a history of not playing, not staying on message here, but here's, here's why I don't know. Here's why it really is Kanye. Obviously he was just on Saturday night live. Uh, he's, he's married to a Kardashian, right? Isn't that the case? Yeah. Him? Okay. Yep. Um, and, and apparently when she, when they went the first time, uh, it was largely because of, of her uh, uh, interactions with the president and, from what I understand, she did things exactly right. She had a plan, she had a message, she did what she wanted, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, it was and they moved on. scripted
2: as normal, yes. Yeah,
0: um, this was not. But is he still, I mean, really, is Kanye a thing still? Has he got a new record? I don't know these things. I don't listen to one point um, seven. I, I I think he has kind of sort
2: of crossed into the whole famous for being famous thing right now. I mean, he's... I, I know that the night he was on Saturday Night Live, he released a new record, you know, online. Um, I don't know how that record is doing. I I know that he, you know, he's he, he's still a pretty big deal. I mean, when he does tour, he plays, you know, the big, the bigger, uh, the the bigger uh, venues in, in major cities. So he's but got a it, following. I mean, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, and I think, it, but I think it has been dwindling as he's gotten nuttier and nuttier. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know some of the the, the original hit songs of his, but I couldn't name a song that's younger than ten years old of
0: his. Yeah, but, but what,
2: then again, that's not my genre.
0: No, no, I couldn't name any songs by him, and that's not his fault. That's my fault. It Doesn't mean it's bad music. It just means it's not my genre. Um, right. Like. What what was what made him famous, Kanye? I I'm sincerely well. Asking. He started he started off
2: as like a you know he he was he was a mixer. I mean he was he was oh, very good it. at at mixing other people's songs. Um, and, and then he he had uh, a couple records that were super super huge that that get quoted still. But I'm not going to quote one of them because it has a word I can't say.
0: Got it, got it. <laughs> So, but he was a rise a
2: gold digger, which is the uh-huh. which is the hook of the
0: song. Got it. So he, um, I mean, he's an artistic force at some measure, right? This is not just. Oh yeah, a,
2: yeah, 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 definitely.
0: And he still may have artistic uh, uh, potential or, or force in 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 a community, right?
2: So he's. Oh not, yeah, I, I I believe there was a record with Jay Z a couple of years ago. You can't get much bigger than Jay Z. No, you don't
0: get you don't get any bigger. And, and, think and I think they don't
2: did a tour him. together.
0: I don't know any of his music either, but that's my fault. Wait, here, here come some updates.
1: I've got the numbers. He, when, he, when he dropped his album in June, it mm-hmm. sold 208,000 units in the first week. Well,
0: so actually, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's not uh, chump change. So that's a right. thing. Right. But that doesn't mean... I mean, you still don't let him maybe go off on... Uh, you
2: could, you know, yeah.
0: I, I don't... And there's this just a weird intersection between politics and music. There always has been, okay, clearly... Musicians have been involved with politics for generations. Okay.
2: Right, right. That's right. not
0: new. Um but is there something I mean, is there something weird going on right now? What was this thing with well, the, like, I mean, Taylor I, Swift first, or whatever?
2: Personally personally I I hate double standards. And and we saw that this week because here we have on on one day uh Kanye and, and Kid Rock going to the White House and and everybody's You know, everybody on that side of the fence is cheering, and it's a great, great day. But the day before, when Taylor Swift came out, you know, in favor of a couple Democrats in her home state of, I believe, Kentucky, Mm -hmm. everybody was so up in arms, how dare she do this? It's like, well, wait a second. Mm -hmm. If it's okay for them to state their political position, why is it wrong for this person to state theirs? I hate that double standard. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and the reality, the reality to me is everybody has the right to say who they, or who they're for. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I've never understood this whole, what's, what's the harm of someone stating that? Are, 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 are people so weak that they can't hear a famous person telling them an opinion without it suddenly becoming their own? Yeah. It's very strange. I mean, people, you know I personally, if, if there's anyone that I would want to stop from stating opinions, it's the people who are paid to state a paid opinion as a pundit on a political talk show.
0: Yes, and those people are. I mean, there's so many of those people now. I yeah, you, you turn on any state, and there's just there's a there's a fleet of people up there all yammering, and I yeah. don't know who any. I don't know why would I That's trust? That's when any I of stopped watching
2: people. cable news. Is yeah. when it became all pundits and left and right. I don't care what side they're on. When, they're, when their opinion isn't their own, it's the opinion that they've been given talking, you know, yes. talking points that this is what they have to say. That's, that's when I, I don't want anything to do with it. There's them. way
0: too much of that. Some people I have a lot of respect for on the left and the right who are, you are, know, Bill Crystal, I love Bill Crystal. But yes. all, his, all his thoughts are his own. Jeffrey Tubin, right. all his thoughts are his own. Yes. You know, um, some of these other chuckleheads I don't even know they're they're just they're getting the check and they're getting their marching orders and they're sent out on cable TV and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's just
2: ridiculous. Uh, those, those are those people are the evil ones. As far as like I, mean, I I don't I don't care what James Wood thinks or Tim Allen or Barbara Streisand or I'm I I base my thoughts on anything on my own experiences. Yes. I've never changed an opinion because. Oh, I love The Clash, and The Clash say they like this. No. That's, that's insane.
0: No. The music spoke to me because of what I believed, not because I believed what the music told me to believe. Exactly. Wow. that Dan, you're going to want to write that one down. Yeah, that's, that was a good one. That's I'll a put that, right one, right on that, yeah, put that yes. one on the wall. Yeah, I'm going to put that one on the wall. Hey, you uh, got a couple minutes. We actually talked about some music maybe or something? Sure. All right. We're going to come right back and talk more a little bit more with Scott Hudson on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO.
2: On the bus, that's
0: where we're 352 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And uh, Scott Hudson's here with me talking about, well, we were talking about politics and we went on and on. So I got a couple minutes, Scott. Um, okay. Well, let's get back to some music. What's going on in the world of music? What's good, baby? What should I be listening to? Uh,
2: in the last couple of weeks, Two of our own favorites have put out new records. Um, oh yeah, and they're and they're both very related to each other. Elvis Costello has a new record called "Look Now," really, and Graham Parker has a record called "Cloud Symbols." And uh, I mean, you talk about two guys from our youth that that are lumped together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Elvis Costello and Graham Parker. You always think of one with a you know when you think of the
0: other. Mm, absolutely. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, if you start saying, uh, who, you know, they're all, they're from the same era and sort of the same era of my life. And so they get mixed together on a regular Angry, basis. Angry yep.
2: Rock and rollers, mm-hmm. songwriting legend. Yeah. Uh, very emotive.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, um I got to give the edge to Graham Parker though. Um, the worst thing that ever happened. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I do like this new Elvis Costello record. But the worst thing that ever happened to Elvis is when he discovered that he's, he can be a crooner.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: He, and so this changed. new album does do the crooning thing a little bit too much, which... Okay, let's go back to the attractions. Let's go back to this <laughs> year's model. <laughs> let's crank it up. Yeah. Let's get uh, some Graham, anger in there. Graham Parker, who, by the way, is you know Elvis Costello got huge, huge, huge... I mean, not... not Taylor Swift, huge. He got big, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and he's in. I think he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, so he he's got money. Graham Parker has always. He's never really hit it super super big, even though he's every bit as good as Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the reasons this new record is so much better. He has a little band. It's recorded primarily live with a few overdubs, and there's an immediacy to it. That comes with that kind of recording.
0: Yeah, it's got energy. Yeah, you know it comes through, which is you know hard to do, and keep quality. I mean, the
2: guy's been doing it for forty years, and it's still it's still really good. I mean, it's again, it's called Cloud Symbols, Um, and I always have, you know, Grant Parker put an article of mine on the front page of his website for years and years and years. So I always (laughs) love him.
0: There you go. Uh, That's reason enough to go listen to the new Grant Parker album. Uh, Scott Hudson, he is our. uh, resident pop culture music uh, uh sort of intersection of all things interesting guy so scott thanks for being here let's talk to you next week all righty coming up after the break we're going to chat with uh miller ryan will be here and we're going to talk about hunter safety how not to shoot each other there you go this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo
3: public service announcements with guitar
0: 358 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Today is the last day, so get out to all these places I'm going to tell you about in a minute. For Feed Seniors Now, Food Drive, Comfort Keepers has partnered with the Salvation Army to collect non-perishable food donations to supplement the Senior Commodities Program. Here we go. Drop off your donation at any Hy-Vee in Sioux Falls, Active Generations, Andy's Affiliated Foods, Ben Franklin Foods, Comfort Keepers, Sola Salon and Fairway in Sioux Falls and Harrisburg. You can put food in the for people who really need it so do that coming up after the break we're going to chat with thea miller ryan from the outdoor campus and we're going to talk about hunter safety stay with us this is the patrick lally show information 1000 KSOL. nothing but a pick on the side he'll come
3: back not satisfied until the thrill running round
0: Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I'm very pleased to have back in the studio with me today, Thea Miller Ryan of the Outdoor Campus. Thea comes in here on most Wednesdays, and we talk about all kinds of stuff: animals, plants,
3: animal food, animal food. <laughs> what animals it like?
0: Animals you eat, animals <laughs> you shouldn't eat, <laughs> animals that people eat that they shouldn't. All all kinds of stuff like that. And, <laughs> The nice thing that Thea always brings along a friend, and today her friend is Patrick Klotzbach. He is statewide Hunt Safe Coordinator for the GF and P. Uh, and Patrick, thanks for being here. Yeah,
4: no problem. I enjoy doing this stuff.
0: Yeah. So uh, you are the Hunt Safe Coordinator for GF and P. It strikes me that uh, as I look outside, yep, it's October, <laughs> and uh, uh, that means that there's a gobs and gobs and gobs of people going to be roaming around this weekend shooting at each other with guns, right? Well, hopefully not
4: shooting at each other, but we hope there's gobs and gobs of people coming into South Dakota to uh, partake in our pheasant hunting this weekend.
0: But every year, somebody ends up with a little buckshot under the skin.
4: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, incidents do occur here in South Dakota, and most of the time, you know, we we do all right at the beginning of the year, but once pheasant season turns around or comes around, uh, we start picking up on, on incidents.
0: Picking up on incidents, yeah. which means you start hearing about people getting shot.
4: Well, we are reporting states. So what that means um, in South Dakota, if you are in the act of hunting, uh, you must report your injury uh, to a conservation officer or the sheriff's department um, before, or after, or when you're at the hospital, or or uh, when you get home, you have to report your incident.
0: So you're the Hunt Safe Coordinator. So you probably have to go over all this stuff and figure out what. What what is the most common uh we'll we'll talk about pheasant hunting because that's what's going on right now what is the most common uh injury or mistake that leads to an injury in when people are out pheasant hunting
4: the most the the number one incident that i see is swinging on game so if you're out pheasant hunting you have a zone of fire which is if you look at a clock it's like 10 and Mm 2 so you control your muzzle so the muzzle is where the the bullets come out of um and so you like to call that shot patrick
0: Shot, <laughs> shot, <laughs> bullet, whatever. Um, Here's the expert. See, see, like I said
4: to you, you get me nervous, and now we're in here. No, now not Reagan on me.
0: Uh, no, I've, you know, being a journalist for all those years, you know, if you make a mistake writing about a gun, oh boy, you're oh, gonna yeah. hear it. You'll so, hear about I, it. all right, I so
4: I know. Typically, they're using a pheasant shot, there and they're out there, and and they not controlling their muzzle. And so if you're out there, normally if you're pheasant hunting, you're out there with a group of people, mm-hmm. five yep. people, 10 people, and they walk in a line and you met, you have your imaginary 10 and two. And if you're out there with, you know, grandpa Billy from Minnesota and he only gets to hunt pheasants this weekend um, and he sees a pheasant and he gets very excited and he, his pheasant gets out of his, his 10 or two mm-hmm. and he takes his muzzle and uh. goes across into the other person's zone of fire and usually
0: give somebody uh, a haircut
4: give somebody a haircut um and then we also have um blockers so when they're pheasant hunting we also some some people practice this uh blocking when they're out pheasant hunting and they put people at the very end of the of the row of uh, corn Mm -hmm. or field or whatever and they sit there and wait for the pheasants to come to them instead of walking in the field and so when the pheasants fly up right in front of them a lot of times, you know, you're not supposed to, if you're walking in that line, you're not supposed to uh, shoot that pheasant, but, you know. like you get scared. Yeah. You're like, ah, pheasant, kill it! <laughs> right. Like, Graham, <laughs> when the people, you know, I mean, it happened, there's there's residents that happen, but a majority of our incidents that we see are non-residents. Oh, that uh, that's
0: a very political answer. That
4: are coming to South Dakota to, to pheasant <laughs> arms. talking
0: about Georgians, Tennesseans, everything. people of this nature. Everything. Yeah, everything. Well, and, and again, you, it's it's probably, a lot of times, people that aren't, you know, they don't only get out once or twice a year. Right and it it's a adre- adrenaline producing activity Exactly.
4: And when and you have weather you make, like yeah. when we're going to have weather like we are this weekend, it's going to be I mean there's going to be tons and tons of people out on the field. Which is fantastic. Which is awesome.
0: Cuz there's a lot of pheasants this yeah. year. Yeah.
4: they're up 47% from last year, so.
0: And they were down 47% the year before. <laughs> Quinky
4: Dink? I don't think so. <laughs>
0: Um, I don't so, make
4: the reports; I just read them. I understand that.
0: So, uh, by the way, as I was thinking about this, we don't use lead shot anymore, do we? Oh, uh,
4: there's, there's still lead. You but can you, use lead shot. Yes, you have to make sure you you know where you're hunting. Um, there's some places, some land, um, mainly like a, a federal uh, waterfowl production area. You have to use steel
0: because the ducks and geese correct. and such will eat the lead. Yeah, correct. And they can't fly because they're full of lead. Yep. No, that's not it. They just get sick.
4: They just get sick. Thank but you. it is. But it is your responsibility to know what land you're you're hunting on and to know if it allows lead or steel. So so, so th-
3: those lead guys, they get sick and die. And then the eagles come and eat oh, those right. and they get lead poisoning too. That's
0: so. what it was. That was mm-hmm. bad deal. It's a mm-hmm. vicious cycle. Man, there are eagles everywhere. That's there another, are. I know. Yay. Just, right now it's just everywhere. Another story. Um, <laughs> okay. So with the, I'm curious about this lead shot thing because I remember when it started and – There was a big push to completely eliminate lead shot, right? Yeah, but everybody was complaining because the the steel doesn't have the density, so it doesn't have the right, it doesn't hold the pattern as long. It's not as good, right?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, there's still talk about, you know, there's still people trying to remove the lead from from all ammo. Um, and the the steel has come a long way. Yeah. Um, you can go to you can go to your local sporting goods store and spend you know fifty bucks. And buy a case of something that's really, you know, okay. Or you can spend like a hundred bucks and get the steel that is, you know, that they say is just like lead. And it,
0: we'll make know. it more of a sport. Go with the cheap stuff. Well, <laughs> most,
4: most time, that's what I'm doing so. <laughs> as many times as I miss. Uh,
0: we're talking with Patrick Klotzbach. He is statewide hunt safe coordinator for the game fishing parks and Thea Miller-Ryan, who's the executive director of the outdoor campus. And we're going to come right back and talk more about how not to shoot each other. Right after this short break, this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO.
3: And if you promise to go
2: with me, then we'll take the world like kings.
0: 418 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we continue to chat with Thea Miller-Ryan at the outdoor campus. She's here every Wednesday and she brings guests. Today it's Patrick Klotzbach, who is the statewide hunt safe coordinator for gf and p uh, and we've been discussing the the finer points of lead versus steel shot uh and how not to shoot each other so patrick uh uh we talked a little bit about some of the common mistakes people make swinging that gun around when they're out on a pheasant hunt but h- how many people actually do get serious get hurt uh you hunting pheasants and such you
4: know the, you know, when there's a hunting incident, usually the outcome is is a little. It, it, they, they it varies from very severe to death to you know just a couple uh, buckshot under the uh, under the skin. But uh, you know it varies. We average about you know twenty incidents a year. Uh, this. 2017 we had four fatalities actually in south dakota so
0: but that wasn't all pheasant hunting
4: that was not all pheasant hunting no so um fatality is ruled you know if you're if you were out hunting and had a heart attack in the field that mm-hmm. is considered a hunting incident mm-hmm. um and if it's a fatality yeah. that's considered a fatality in there too so we had two uh two waterfall hunters that capsized their boat capsized and they drowned and that is ah. that is considered a fatality
0: as Got well it. Yeah. um and so what, how many did you say for the year, 20?
4: Uh, we had 16, 16 incidents and four, four fatalities So last
0: year, last uh, 16 incidents, the, now uh, that's anything from a little buckshot, right? You, yep. you have to report. Um, so uh, that's actually, you know, it, it sounds bad, right? Yep. But when you think about uh, the thousands of, of crazy people that come to the South Dakota from points unknown and you don't know whether they have ever shot a gun before or not, it's probably pretty good <laughs> you,
4: you, you know we so we're part of the international hunter education association and we we report all of our numbers and we're actually in the top 10 percent of hunting incidents in the u.s because of good on the, the amount, good side or the bad side on the well bad side okay, because of the amount COVID. of hunters that yes. come come into south dakota every year number one is texas um but like all the hunters that come, we you know, we, we double, triple our population every year from, from pheasant yeah. hunting. And, you know, with that, there's incidents that occur. Yeah. You know. Sort of
0: like motorcycle accidents. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We have a lot because all those crazy people come here and... Can only do yep. it a few times out of the year. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, we the the season starts on Saturday, the big sort yep. of traditional kickoff. The resident hunting season started last weekend, right? Yep. Um, and so do you see a tick when uh, when people, when the residents go out too? I mean, because everybody's sort of, it's their first time out.
4: Uh, you know, it varies, really. It it does. Um, you know, resident weekend, There were, the reports were, you know, the birds were there, but the corn's still in there. Mm. So there wasn't a whole lot of hunting. The pressure wasn't there. Usually when there's pressure on the fields where you want to get as many fields in as you can. Um, that's when accidents happen and people are rushing and, and, yeah, and running still, around. And
0: even though it's the resident opener, people still sort of the it's it's like an observed holiday is the the full opener, right? right. You just yeah. don't get that many people out.
4: R- yeah, you know, you d- you do you get the diehards that couldn't couldn't wait all year to go, and and now they're out. But yeah, after kind of after this week, after the non-residents come in and get all that going, then then our residents usually get out during the week and and. Stay out of the way of the non-residents when they're
0: hunting. So, uh, Patrick, um, wh- what do you actually do? <laughs> well, you're the uh, <laughs> you're the hunt safe coordinator for the game fish and parks. Uh, uh, you've got uh, stats, but what do you wh- wh- what is it that you actually do?
4: Sir? So, so I uh, do a lot of hunter development. Um, So hunter education. Mm -hmm. So we run the hunter safety program, um, along with a lot of, uh, we're we're starting new programs called Harvest SD, um, Hunting 101. You had uh, the original name of Hunting with Derek in last week. Yeah. Was that two uh, weeks ago? Two weeks ago, ago, Hunting
0: with Derek was a a, a pure joy for everybody. Right, right.
4: Um, so we had, so those kind of programs, um, are federally funded, mm-hmm. um, through the, the Pittman Robertson fund and what that, that's an excise tax from ammunition and gun sales and, and other, uh, outdoor recreation, um, equipment. And so we get a little bit of that, that tax. And so what we do with that, we, we teach hunter safety course with it, and then we promote hunter education trying to get people out in the field and that might not have ever hunted before or maybe they're relapsed and we want to get them going again so uh, i monitor that grant and uh I, I buy a lot of supplies for people we have about 300 or so uh, hunt safe instructors so uh, hmm. make sure we get their their shirts and make sure they get their supplies for their courses um,
0: do people volunteer to do that? This, Is that it's, how that works? it's
4: a strictly volunteer base base other than our conservation officers that are in a are t-shirt you get a that. T-shirt with that. Oh, you get a nice polo, okay. not a T-shirt. It's a great <laughs> polo. <laughs> Some and there's serious also swag. There's, you, know, you, you get perks for longevity. you, know, ah, you get a longevity incentives, and I, I try to find a good Christmas gift too every
0: year. So. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's I'm I can't do that, but you know, for other people who are out there, that's a good thing. Right. People get a hold of you. You need you need people to do We're that on, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah,
4: come to our Game Fish and Parks website. My email's on there. You can send me an email, and we'll send you out a packet, and we'll see see if you make the cut.
0: I suppose you got to know what you're doing, right? Well, that helps. Yeah. So, and then after the the pheasant season, you, you get you just have all these people in the state. But uh, the, I would think that in some ways, um, deer season, some of these other the the turkey season, some of these other seasons are uh, a different kind of challenge because you're talking about rifles and that right. the, the potential the potential lethality is higher, right? right.
4: Right, and uh, and you know with with that uh, with rifle season, a lot of times it is self inflicted because you know they're crossing a fence, and didn't put their safety on or unload their you know you, you should unload your your gun every time you cross a fence or getting in and out of a vehicle, that gun should be unloaded and the safety on. Um, but you know when you're on a hunt, sometimes uh moment or you're you get, get lazy, yeah, you get lazy or you, you just forget about things mm-hmm. and you cross a fence and maybe your bolt or trigger gets stuck on your jacket or glove yep. and it fires and. And that's how a lot of accidents happen. They're all almost all the hunting incidents can be prevented. You know,
0: absolutely. Just take a little time.
4: Take some time. You know, uh, know who you're hunting with. Mm. A lot of times, you know, when I go yeah. out, I'm not just going out with any willy nilly group because I don't know them. I don't know, you know, who they are and what's going on. And how I frightening
0: would it be to be a guide? You know, every gosh. day you get up, it's somebody somebody you don't know.
4: Somebody new. Yeah. I think they get used to it.
0: <laughs> they stand behind them,
4: right? Yeah, they stand behind them.
0: But I photographed a uh, I photographed pheasant hunting before as, yeah. a, as a journalist, and I yeah, was scared.
3: <laughs> you stayed behind. Well, you don't thing.
0: again. You don't know the people, right, right? And they could be all perfectly fine, or it could be Grandma Slim or whatever.
3: That's from. That's what makes it sadder too when there are hunting accidents like this because you usually do know the people yep. you're hunting with. I just shot my so cousin. it's a tragedy. It's a double tragedy. There was
4: an incident a couple, a couple months ago in Minnesota where a, a young man shot his father while they were waterfall hunting, so, and that ended in a fatality. Oh. And, you know, that's, that's the hardest thing about my job is when, you know, families and, right. and that it complicates a lot of things. And,
0: me. again, it's preventable.
4: It's preventable, you know take really the time is, really is Do a the lot steps. of it a lot of it you know we have our hunter safety course but that's a 10-hour course so a lot of it we rely on you know grandpas grandmas mm-hmm. aunts uncles moms and dads to teach those traditions of safe hunting mm-hmm. and pass that on to their you know their kids and you know you get a lot of hunters that are just they go out and they just want to shoot yeah so
0: nothing wrong with a quick review of the of the rules exactly. before you head out in the field right Right. exactly before you get in the truck for the love of gosh
4: before you get in the truck yep i always have a hunting plan yeah, let people like, know where you're going
0: uh and you can get all these details uh you can get all these tips all the the sort of guides at uh the game fishing parks website Correct. right yep education go, tab there you go the education hunt section tab. Awesome. Patrick Klotzbach, he is the statewide hunt safe coordinator for GFP, and he'll be busy the next few weeks. Thea Miller Ryan is the executive director of the outdoor campus, and we're going to see her again next week, I think, right? You're almost good. Hey, I schedule.
3: think we're talking about bats next week. Bats? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Something you can eat. Wait, no. <laughs> we won't be you know. no. eating
0: well, them. Pheasants you can eat.
3: Right.
0: Uh, guys, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Good luck out there, Patrick. Hey, thank thanks you, for I'm,
3: having us. Yeah, thanks
4: for having me. I enjoy this.
0: Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we are going to talk about Big Sonia, the documentary series, documentary and discussion series going on at the Siouxland Libraries. Today we're going to talk about the three big religions of the world. It's going to be good. You're going to want to stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 4.30... Live on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I am uh, pleased. We have been chatting about a documentary called Big Sonya now for a few weeks on the show. And uh, it's part of a Siouxland Libraries series uh, uh, and a discussion series on issues surrounding this film, uh, Big Sonia. And uh, I welcome back to the show Amber Fick, who's a librarian with the library system. Amber, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. And uh, she brings with her today David Aronson, who is uh, a, uh, a person that uh, is interested in in faiths from around the world and uh, different the the interplay of faith and uh, our theme this week from Big Sonia is uh, the the major religions of the world because Big Sonia is a film that follows a woman who's a Holocaust survivor and uh, now in her nineties and sort of the the lessons that she learned through life and sort of what we can learn from her is that the that's a pretty much the the summary of that that film, correct, yeah, Amber? Yeah, for sure, yep. Okay, and so how then does um, does faith enter into that discussion in terms of what you're trying to do with the libraries?
3: You know, I think that faith is um, an area in, that can cause a lot of um, miscommunication, misunderstanding between different people who have different ideas. It can cause a lot of conflict, but it, sh- it certainly shouldn't. It should be a place that can bring people together um, that can bring people, bring out the best in people really. And this um, all relates back to the documentary, of course, because the Holocaust had um, that strong anti-Semitism element to it. I mean, that's pretty Mm -hmm. much all it was about. And um, that's a huge component in the documentary. It's a huge component in what the Holocaust was about. So we wanted to take a week to discuss it specifically.
0: And so this Sunday, from two to three thirty, down at the downtown branch of the holi- of the holiday, Inn. <laughs> the downtown branch of the Siouxland Libraries, uh, uh, you're going to have uh, Mr. Aronson, who is here with us, David. Um, thank you for coming in. Thank you. So, uh, what did you think of the film, David?
5: I haven't seen
0: it. Oh, I, I didn't know. I
5: didn't know about a film.
0: Uh, okay. But you're gonna you're gonna you're you're involved in this in terms of uh, uh, talking about the the about the major religions. Correct. of the United States and the world. Um, uh, you are a man of Jewish faith. Yes. Um, as you uh, t- think and talk about how uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are are mixed together in this world, um, uh, what are your what are your hopes and dreams for our ability to to understand each other?
5: I would hope that we come to a better understanding of each other. I've been involved in some interfaith programs and projects here in the Sioux Falls area, and uh, I th- like to think of interfaith as learning more about each other, and a better understanding, and what are our commonalities. Uh, as we just said, there are so many misunderstandings, miscommunications, and we don't seem to trust each other in many ways, and I think we need to not so much emphasize our differences, but to emphasize where we're together. Uh, And I personally think we are together in that we're all searching for God. And in my opinion, strictly my opinion, there are many paths to God, and each one of us is impacted by our past, how we were raised, and the atmosphere we were raised. I was raised as a Roman Catholic. Mm. And uh, in my late 20s, early 30s, I had a lot of questions, and I didn't get a lot of answers. And uh, I began to search. And uh, I converted 48 years ago this year to Judaism. Mm. I found in Judaism a faith where I could think, I could ask questions, I could discuss reasonably with other people how I felt, what I was looking for. And it has helped me grow in my relationship with God, a personal relationship with God, and it has helped me grow. And I like to learn from others and and teach others where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, the interesting thing about uh, Judaism, did you convert while you were living in South Dakota or were you living elsewhere? No,
5: I lived in Michigan. I came Mm -hmm. to South Dakota in 1992 Mm -hmm. to teach at the university in Vermilion. uh, But I lived at the time in a community in Michigan, Muskegon Heights, and in the whole area of Muskegon, which is on Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. there was one synagogue, which was a reform synagogue. I had, I was searching at the time. I was looking. I was going to different churches. Mm-hmm. And a friend, well, a person I worked with said, I have a friend who's Jewish, and I can put you in touch with her and her family, and maybe you could go to a Jewish synagogue. And I think that all came about because at work we were talking about faiths and different religions. And I thought, oh, that would be interesting. Well, the night that we had agreed to go, the Jewish family couldn't go. Something came up in their lives, and so I went all by myself. I knew nobody. I didn't know what to expect. I sat in the very back row on the seat that was closest to the door uh, because I thought if something goes on and I am not comfortable, Mm -hmm. I can easily leave without being too noticed. And really, by the community there, uh, I was welcomed. And uh, they were in the process. Their rabbi was leaving. A new rabbi was coming. The new rabbi and I seemed to hit it off. And... He began to instruct me in the Jewish faith, what it was all about, and I began to feel very comfortable. Mm. Uh, uh, and Judaism is a complex because you ask, or you may ask, what is a Jew, what is Judaism all about? And it's complex because uh, not only is it a religion, it's a culture, mm-hmm. uh, it's a country, right. it's a land, And there is no real one answer to what is Judaism all about. Uh, You can have, there are Jews who are religious, there are Jews who are not religious. Mm -hmm. Here in Sioux Falls, there is a Jewish community, Mount Zion community, which is a reformed temple, synagogue, shul, many different names. Mm -hmm. But uh, as Jews... We all have a basic belief, but we differ in the practices, the rituals, and not really so much even in the practices and rituals, but the extent to which mm. we apply them to ourselves.
0: David R. Aronson, he is uh, with the is speaking and uh, participating in a discussion this weekend, Sunday, two to three thirty, as part of the Siouxland Library's discussion series on. Big Sonya, documentary of a Holocaust survivor. And we're going to come right back and talk more about faiths, the world's major faiths and the interplay and how that's reflected in this film in just a moment. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. The clouds
1: will blow away.
0: 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are talking about a discussion series at the Siouxland Libraries, the downtown branch, that uh, continues this Sunday from 2 to 3.30, surrounding the documentary Big Sonia. and of course we've been talking about this movie for a couple of weeks now, and the different aspects of it from from the history of the Holocaust uh, to now religion. Um, And uh, we have with us David Aronson and uh, Amber Fick, who's with the library. Uh, David, uh, we were talking about your conversion to Judaism, um, so uh, from Roman Catholicism. Um, And I'm wondering, when you have these conversations with uh, Christians these days, not just Catholics, uh, and this is about bringing people together, this discussion, um, what do you tell them about Judaism to try and you're not going to teach, as you said, it's a very complex religion. They're all complex faiths. You're not going to really But what do you tell them about Judaism that you want people to know?
5: The main thing
0: that I found
5: in Judaism that I felt comfortable with is that I could ask questions. And uh, I could not necessarily get answers, but I could find out what other people thought. Uh, And I, I don't mean to... Downgrade or denigrate any other religion, but as a Roman Catholic uh, young person who was married and had a family uh, i was I was in the position where I had taken a course t- to be a Sunday school teacher Christ, a confraternity of Christian doctrine, and I have my certificate at home that I am a certified confraternity of christian doctrine teacher, and I was teaching and I was teaching about the Old Testament. That was the grade that they gave me, and that was the textbook. And as I began to become more involved in the Old Testament, I began to see that what were to me contradictions. And I began to ask questions about these contradictions, looking for answers. And there really were no answers. In fact, I was told by one priest, uh I, nobody's ever asked me those questions before. And uh, so you should say an act of faith and go on with your life. And for me, that was not enough. And in Judaism, I could ask questions. We could discuss. Uh, and as I look at it, uh, as a Roman Catholic, it was, you know, what God had done for me. And I, I, in my position, wanted to know, what does God ask of me? What am I supposed to do for God? And in Judaism, I found that. In Judaism, it's not so much what uh, God is doing for me. God is there. I have a personal relationship with God. But what can I do for God? How can I approach my life, my world, the people I meet and Make the world a better place. And to me, my goal in Judaism is to uh, not necessarily teach Judaism, but to act and be kind to other people, to help other people, to help the world be a better place so that when I die, I will have left the world a little bit better off in some areas than when I came into it.
0: So we have this, we have a growing uh, Muslim population in Sioux Falls, We've had we have a historic uh, uh, Christian population of all sects, mm-hmm. um, and we have a sort of consistent but small Jew- Jewish population. Um, when you get together with people, how do you try and tell them that the the when you have this discussion, which you're going to be having on Sunday, which so is pertinent? How do you say, look, we're not that much different. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Do you? Is, do you get any sense from people that they understand the unifying themes of monotheism, the monotheistic religions of the world?
5: Yes. Uh, I knew very little about Islam. And I've read books on Islam. Uh, but in these interfaith activities that I've been involved in, I've met some Islamic people. I've been now to the uh, mosque. Not mm-hmm. the mosque, but the Islamic community center, center yeah. the Islam- and there are yeah.
0: there are there's more than one in Sioux Falls. There are I don't even know the number anymore. Several, several, yeah.
5: And but there's the one on Western Avenue, mm-hmm. and I've been there several times, and I, I've seen, I've gone to the airport and seen people, and they've greeted me, uh, and it's in a way, it's I mean, for so many years. In the 30s, the 40s, there was the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And Jews were persecuted, Jews were maligned. And it seemed to me that in our world today, is those who are adherents of Islam are maligned. They are they're terrorists. Uh, we hear so many different things. But they're not. And in in throughout these interfaith meetings, I've come to know more about Islam. Uh, I don't have any close Islamic friends. Uh, Things have not developed to that point. Uh, But I feel I have a better understanding. And we're on the same path. They're on the same path I am. And I find their practices, their rituals very interesting. Uh, I'm, even within Christianity, I've I would like to know more about the different sects. What makes them different? My wife is a Christian, and she goes to Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Beersford. And I've talked to the pastors there down through the years and become very close friends with them. And I've said, you know, why don't you all get together? <laughs> because... You all believe the same yeah. thing. So what? why are you different? And to me, that's very interesting. What are th- What is the difference between Methodists, Lutherans, Roman Catholics, Baptists? I mean.
0: Yeah. And in the end, it gets to be a pretty small sliver of, of yeah. the world. Uh, David Aronson, he is going to be part of the panel down at, or is he the panel, Amber Fick? How, what's, how's nope. this going to work on Sunday?
3: Yeah. So um, David will be there speaking um, as on behalf, I guess, of the Jewish community. Yep. We'll have... Um, another, you have the names in front of you, do you? We'll have a leader from the Christian community and a leader from the Islam comu- yeah, community. Yeah, and people, so. folks
0: can come down and, and chat and and talk about these things in depth, right? Right, and, and Pastor
5: awesome. Paul, M- M- I'm not sure of the pronunciation, but Machan. Got it. And not quite sure where he's from, but I think he's from the UCC okay. downtown. And then Dr. Mohammed Zishan Kumar. Okay, and, that sounds
0: great. Uh, so, uh, Sunday, 2 to 3, 30, at the Downtown Library. Uh, come down talk about Big Sonia in the context of the world's religions. Uh, David Aronson, thank you for being here. Thank and you. Amber Fick, as always, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 458 <laughs> on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, we got a good one for you tomorrow. Jody Schwan, our friend and founder of Sioux Falls.Business, will be here. We'll be talking about all kinds of good stuff in the community. And uh, we got a weird friend. I got an opening. An opening of weird friends. We'll fill that. We'll see. Thanks for being here, everybody. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSLO.